0: Episode 5050 episodes, Bob.
1: It's pretty special. It is. Jim, I'm just a little north of 50. and 50 okay. a big deal.
0: 50 is a big deal. How, how north of 50 are you? Three strikes, Jimbo.
1: Three strikes <laughs> Three north. Three strikes north. <laughs> Three strikes north. We've laughed a lot, and I think this has been, for me, so it's been a highlight of my week every week for us yep. to broadcast. And episode number 50 is really great because we're actually in person yep. recording this during the Replant Summit 2020 here in Greenwood, Missouri, yep. and it's been an awesome time.
0: This has been a really good event, honestly, as good as you could do in COVID. Mm-hmm with social distancing, mask on, trying to figure that out. And Fellowship Church has done a great job of accommodating all of that, accommodating us, leading well in all of that, and hosting it. And it's just been really, really cool to be a part of it.
1: Can't say enough and thankful to Steve Dayton for the legacy of Lenexa Baptist Church and the Fellowship Churches. So Fellowship Greenwood is a church that uh, they took over years ago. Interestingly enough, We're here in the Kansas City metro where I was a youth pastor for four years, Mm. and our youth group softball team actually played softball in the front yard, that big front lawn of Fellowship Greenwood. And you know what? Here's a true story. All right. We had uh, a youth group where we had one softball player that played at Truman High School. Go Patriots. And she was awesome at inviting her friends to come to our youth group. And so a number of them came to Christ. It was awesome. And they also... Came and played on our softball team, and they were so good. They were so good that we killed every other youth group softball team in the Blue River Kansas City Baptist Association softball league. And here was our motto: I'll lay it on you. All right. We don't practice because we don't have to. <laughs> That's
0: an interesting evangelistic strategy. Let's just go after elite athletes and dominate church league hey, softball. Hey,
1: hey! It was I was not. It was not a strategy. It was just the strategy was reach your friends for Christ. And I just had a softball player, Jennifer Palmer, and uh, she was awesome. She just started reaching her friends. And so we had like almost the complete infield of the Truman Patriots softball team. And it was amazing.
0: Did y'all make anybody cry because you beat them so bad?
1: (laughs) I think we probably did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For me, Church League softball has always been an example of probably something we should not do. Yes. Because it's continually like a practice in not showing the fruit of the Spirit. You're
1: going to damage your witness in the community playing church softball. It,
0: I mean, you'll see people get tested. Oh my Your medal gets tested <laughs> as a spiritual person playing church league softball.
1: Whew! And I, I was really bad at baseball and not so great at softball. My wife, was really; she's really good at softball. And so I always had this love-hate relationship. And fortunately for that year, I had an intern And he was the one who ran all of the softball stuff. And so I just got to show up with my kids. They were really little. And I just got to cheer and have a lot of fun. It was a great time.
0: Hey, I got to share a great story that I have a connection to fellowship. Let's do it. Yeah. I shared this at the Replant Summit that there's a young lady who lives in Jacksonville, Florida. She came to the Kansas City area to visit some family and friends. And while with those family and friends who she's known for a very long time, did not grow up in church. She didn't, but her family and friends did, some of them did. And anyway, long story short, they, the father of her friend leads her to Christ. She's stuck here because of COVID for several weeks and he starts discipling her with his daughter. And they start going through a discipleship process and they're figuring out, well, she's gotta go back to Jacksonville now. The, the guy talks to me and he goes, I'll be honest, man, I'm a little bit of a control freak. And I was so excited to get to lead somebody to Christ and start discipling them. And now I'm having to send them back <laughs> to some city. I don't know where I'm sending them. I don't know the connection. And so he asked Greg Ball, yeah. a DOM around here, where should I send them? And Greg and I met at the AMS training in Alpharetta before. And so Greg said, hey, Jacksonville. I know a guy in Jacksonville, Jimbo Stewart, Redemption Church. Just by God's sovereignty, it's so cool. Jacksonville is physically the largest city In America land mass wise so being in Jacksonville does not mean that we're close enough to be her church sure but she happens to live like a mile and a half up the road from our church and shows up on a Sunday that I'm not even preaching I'm on vacation a replant resident is preaching and then I meet her the next week the guy that's discipling her emails me we touch base and she's been with us ever since and been really plugged in with our young adults And it's been a really cool addition to our church. And so it's been neat to see from one replant to another replant all the way halfway across the country. That's phenomenal. And I
1: I just love stories like that. And the more that I'm in the replant movement and the more that we do training with guys from all over the the nation, we've got guys here from Michigan, California, uh, all over the place. And it's just great because you develop those relationships and you hear those connections. And so beyond this podcast and the work of the replant team in the North American Mission Board, there's a lot of connections that are being made. And so as big as North America is, it's actually getting smaller in this replant movement. So a lot of the guys that are listening to the podcast, we were able to meet some guys today that had been listening to the podcast. And we just want to say thank you to our listeners. And we're grateful for you. And and thanks for sticking with us for 50. 50 Episodes. Yeah. So it's really, if you awesome. haven't listened
0: to the other 50, you need to. <laughs> yes. Hey, and if you do meet us at a conference or something like that, we honestly we would love for you to come yeah. and just tell us that you listen and let us know if it's helpful or not helpful or what, what we could do yeah. to be more helpful.
1: Yeah. So, one of the things we want to talk about in episode five zero is mistakes and how to learn from them and not make them, which it's appropriate that we're here in the Kansas City metro because I sure made a lot of mistakes as a youth pastor.
0: It's also appropriate that it's like an earmark episode five zero because that's kind of the theme of a lot of what <laughs> yeah. we talk about. It's, it's not learning from our expertise, but from our mistakes.
1: Oh, man. And so this is a hard thing. And I don't know about you, Jimbo, but one of the things that I'm just wired up, I want to achieve and I want to win. Mm-hmm. And I want to have knowledge and I don't want to not know something. Yep. And so that feeds into the leadership that I exercise as a pastor. I hate it when I miss something and I make a mistake. And then mm-hmm. I just have to sit in that and go, "Yeah, how did I not know this? I should have known better. Why didn't I think about that? And it's a really painful experience for me to make yeah. a mistake.
0: Yeah, I'm similar that way. I'm, I'm a, I want to be a high achiever. I, I want to get things done. We're both wires very passionate driven let's just get it done push through it make it happen let's win and it's so hard not only when you make a mistake in ministry but when that mistake is not only painful for you but ends up being painful for others mm-hmm. you're now dealing with pain and mm-hmm. hurt because I did that so as a pastor that's so hard
1: for us because when we make a mistake as a pastor and leading the church it hurts our people it hurts us it hurts our family it can potentially hurt the mission and the work of God in our church in our community in our city and we're not just talking about like a moral failure or something like that but there are simple leadership mistakes mm-hmm. that we make that have an impact and we may not realize them so one of them may be in the way we talk to somebody mm-hmm. or something that we say publicly That is taken the wrong way or we didn't mean for it to sound a particular way, but maybe we were tired and it did sound a particular way and, or maybe we did, maybe we were just frustrated and Mm -hmm. spoke out of anger. I've had a couple of instances where I've uh, Mm -hmm. been too honest about what I was feeling, Mm -hmm. not practicing emotional intelligence and self-awareness. and just was like a little bit angry and I'm just going to say this zinger just because I'm mad. Yeah. And when I do that, you can, as soon as it comes out of your mouth, you can see the see the air go out of the room and the, the eyes get a little wider and you're like, I think I just made a mistake.
0: I've got a great one for you. You ever say something when you think, it happens a lot in parenting, right? When you say something, you go, I, I never thought I'd say that sentence. Yeah. That <laughs> I, I've got a ministry one that was a mistake where I was just emotionally exhausted and let something slip that never should have happened. Just a hectic, insane week for our church. Lots of weighty ministry things happening all on top of each other. So literally we're working with a lady whose children are, she's being investigated by DCF and we've got a emergency care family that is taking care of those kids while we're trying to figure out how to get this lady in rehab while not losing her children. I'm literally in meetings with DCF trying to advocate on her behalf because i know this lady and i know the kids and i know that they don't need to be separated she just needs some help for a little while and we as a church can rally around the kids while that's happening on top of that several other weightiness things happening the lady who was supposed to be cooking wednesday night dinner had to pull out which meant i was cooking wednesday night dinner, oh my gosh which normally is something i enjoy i enjoy cooking and it's normally a de-stressor but with just five thousand other things happening i just didn't need anything else on my plate and one of the ladies had, with the DCF situation, there was an iguana that needed to be taken care of. Okay, uh, wait. A real a iguana? Real actual iguana. That was a pet? That was a pet. Okay. And the kids, where, they, where the kids went, that family did not want to take care of also an iguana. <laughs> and so another lady just volunteered to take the iguana. <laughs> okay. And... She realized she didn't want to take care. I don't realize. I don't know. Maybe iguanas are high maintenance, and I'm not really sure.
1: Well, they are a pretty big lizard.
0: And, yeah, so this lady is constantly like, hey, somebody's got to take care of this iguana. But she wasn't directly asking me. She just was informing me that there was a situation. And I I have a fault that I'm going to go ahead and just be transparent (laughs) to you. I can't wait. If you're passive aggressive with me, it it drives me so insane. Yes. I will not help you. Yes. Unless the Holy Spirit intercedes and you bring a passive aggressive, not request, but like it's supposed to be a request, but you don't want to actually make it a request. There's just something in me.
1: The hint drop. I hate the hint drop. I,
0: I just like, so I will sometimes sinfully and intentionally just not answer your request because you haven't actually made a request. Okay. So this lady kept passive-aggressively texting me or things like about this iguana, not asking, can you help me find somewhere for this iguana, but just, hey, it's, 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 this is horrible. I would just reply, praying for you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I would pray, and I would go, Lord, please take care of this iguana. So I am walking into the church kitchen with armloads full of groceries, oh no my phone rings and it's this lady's husband oh no now the backstory for this conversation is he travels for a living and so his wife has probably i'm assuming at this point been in his ear about this iguana and me not helping and so he's a little heated and i would be too right if my wife said Man, I've been asking the pastor to help me figure out some of this iguana this whole time. He's just leaving me with it. He just keeps replying, praying for you. <laughs> like I would probably be like, "Hey, man, like, why don't you help out?" <laughs> so, yeah. So, just a
1: clarification: you're helping this family. You got family services involved. You got yeah. to take care of an iguana, and just to, to reiterate, did you? Just, did you pawn this iguana off on the lady? Or? I had nothing to
0: do with the iguana interchange. Okay, it, all right. It just happened. Okay. This lady volunteered for it and then realized it was more than she could handle. Okay. And she just kept saying, I can't do this. Somebody else needs to do it. So as your
1: pastor, so she was just reaching out. I need a little help here.
0: Look, I had too many other irons in the fire. Too many other things <laughs> were going you, on. Were you
1: making chicken strips or pot roast for dinner? What were you I making? I don't remember
0: what I was cooking that night. Okay. But I remember I've got armfuls of groceries. <laughs> okay. And I walk into the kitchen, and my phone's ringing, and it's her husband. Oh, no. And so I drop groceries, I answer the phone, and he's heated. And he's at me. Man, listen, my wife has been trying to help you with this iguana thing, blah, blah, blah. you got to figure out somebody else to take care of this iguana. I said, bro, I don't have a spare minute to help you find <laughs> a foster home for an iguana. Now this is Florida. They got numbers. Come on. <laughs> I don't have a
1: spare minute to help you with this iguana. Wait, can I ask Did do you did you ever learn how to prepare iguana as a chef?
0: <laughs> I've never cooked any form of lizard. Okay. All of, right. Of any kind. It's
1: unclean. It's the leviticus. Yeah. All right. Comm- yeah. Commence.
0: <laughs> so he goes like and I I said it pretty upset. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. I responded, I was like, "Bro, I don't have a minute to help you find a Foster home for an iguana. And I think when I said it like that, like it hit him. Cause, and again, I fully understand his position. If my wife were in my ear all day about something, you better believe I'm gonna come to her defense. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And at the moment when I said that, he goes, You're right. My bad, man. That's good. And hangs up. And so I call my wife and I was like, Hey, we need a vacation. (laughs) And she goes, Why do we need a vacation? I know we do, but what (laughs) happened? She could just tell in my voice something happened to trigger that phone call. And I said, I just yelled at somebody or raised my voice telling them, I cannot help you foster an iguana. (laughs) 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 And she knew all the backstory, And she goes, you did what? I thought she goes, you need to call him and apologize. And I said, I'm going to be honest. I'm not ready. Yeah. Like, I'm just not ready to call and apologize right now. Yeah. So I gave it 30 minutes. And then I called, and I apologized. And he said, no, man, I I was the one out of line. I shouldn't be asking you to take care of an iguana. You got enough stuff on your plate right now. But here's the deal. When we make mistakes like that, we can go a couple different ways with it. Now, obviously, the ideal way to go is to learn from it. But often, that's not what happens. Often, we continuously make the same mistakes without... Learning from them. Bob, how can when we make mistakes that are more serious than getting mad about an iguana, because a lot of times they will be, how can we grow from that? How do you, when you make a mistake, how do you let that be an opportunity for growth? Mm -hmm. This is
1: the hardest part, I think, especially for those of us who don't want to be wrong and we don't want to make mistakes. Well, I think one of the first things is you really need to sit with it a while and understand as much as you can about the mistake you made and what the circumstances were that led you to it and why you made the decisions you made that led to you making that choice that eventually ended up in, in a category where you said, Man, that was a mistake, that was an error, I shouldn't have done that. So most of the time we just want to forget about it and move on. We want to blame it on somebody else. We wanna excuse it. We wanna we do this a lot. Well I'm just it's on him because I'm so busy, I don't have time to mess with a stinking lizard. And so you put that off on him rather than, you could have done that, rather than sitting with it and go, okay, wait a second here, am I doing too much? Did it leave me in a place where I've got low bandwidth and that was an irritant to me mm-hmm. and I just felt overwhelmed? Was it the fact that somebody was being passive aggressive with me and then why does passive aggressive behavior make me freak out and why do I react so strongly to that? Mm-hmm. You got to think through those sorts of things. And then you also got to realize in my own personal life what's going on. It sounds like you realized I need some time off. I need to refresh. I need to recuperate. I don't need to be doing everything. And so then that leads down towards the, 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 the evaluation of where am I at spiritually? Because most of the times we make mistakes when we feel pressed for time, we're out of margin, we're tired, we're frustrated. We don't make good decisions mm-hmm. then because we feel like we have to make a decision right now because we just got to move on. And so most of the time our mistakes are made from fatigue or frustration, and we can undo that, those circumstances in our life if we take time to pause, develop leaders, delegate. We just had an episode where we talked with Bob Bumgarner about how do you delegate and not dump and how do you develop leaders. So maybe that's a part of fueling some mistakes that you're making. And so what I would say is sit with it, unlayer it, peel it back, understand all that led to it. And then I will say this. And I don't know that I have an easy answer for this, but you're going to have to deal with the emotional weight of making a mistake in an appropriate manner. Mm -hmm. So you could let it tank you and you could be frustrated and gripey at the family and down on yourself and then get into some unhealthy behaviors and sinful behaviors because you're so down on yourself. You could discount the fact you could question your call to ministry. I I, I... Rookie pastors would make this mistake. I must just not be called, or I must not be gifted. And so you have to deal with the emotional baggage in the way to that. And that's probably some of the hardest for us, specifically if we're a performer in our personalities, because we don't want to make a mistake. We don't want to be seen as less than. We don't want to get a bad grade. We don't want to not win.
0: Failure is a far better teacher mm-hmm. than success. But we have to embrace that idea. What is the Disney movie about the young scientists, the, the family of inventors, Jimmy Neutron. There's a movie. <laughs> okay. But here's the great point is it's this whole real quirky family that they make all these inventions and random stuff all the time. And one of the things I always ask around the dinner table is, what have you failed at? Oh, okay. And they celebrate that. They yeah. Ce- they set, like, they're, they're asking, hey, what have you failed at this week? And you share that. You know, hey, awesome. That's great. You failed at something which means you get to learn at that thing. And we've talked about this before, that kind of year three, slump, dark season, stormy, horrible time, terrible, no good, very bad day, season of replanting, that if you can come out on the other side of that, chances are, yes, you'll look back and there's some wounds, but chances are you can look back and, and say, man, I, I really grew. I know, I, I really grew a lot in the Lord in that season that could not have been a gift I would have gotten from success.
1: Absolutely. And that's why we should understand, first of all, failure is good for us and it sanctifies us and shows us we're not invincible and we're not mm-hmm. God, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're fallible, we're finite, we, we mess up all the time. And so there's a good part of failure that makes us dependent upon the Lord and dependent upon others. And so those are good things, yeah. right? And so making mistakes is, if you're making mistakes, awesome. Great. Welcome to the replant family. Mm -hmm. If you're not making mistakes, you're probably playing it too safe. And you're probably not doing anything significant.
0: Or you're not being honest.
1: Yeah, you're not being honest. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I would say
0: you're either not not doing something significant or you're just not self-aware enough or honest enough to see that things are mistakes.
1: That's right. Because you can, part of the mistake you might be making is just being too passive and too complacent.
0: Yeah. I see a lot of times guys will be just, or people in general, going back to the self-awareness piece, sometimes they can't even figure out when they've made a mistake. Mm -hmm. There are people, we all have blind spots, right? So just to to make it real easy and accessible to everybody, we all have blind spots within our personality and don't realize fully how we are perceived by others. Growing up, I'm just, I am, I'm as red-blooded and passionate of a person as can exist and it took me a long time to realize i don't have to be passionate about everything it's actually not good Mm -hmm. to be passionate about everything and i i one of the things i learned from others was my being so passionate about everything i believe actually often comes across as pride and arrogance because I bring my ideas, which I actually may be holding loosely, but I bring them with such passion and excitement that you would think it can come across. No, I am 100% right. You're 100% wrong. You have to believe the way I do or you're wrong. Even if I don't say that or maybe even think it. But it, I was not self-aware of that for a long time and didn't realize that people thought I was incredibly arrogant and prideful. I just thought I was super passionate and usually right. <laughs> you probably were. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it took the help of others to help me see that and grow in that.
1: Most people are not super high passionate people. The majority of folks. Think about it. Percentage wise, if everybody in our society was a super hyper passionate person, like it would be awful. But they would annoy me. Yeah, it'd be competing for passion, right? No, like, you're upping each other. But some of us are, are, and we just don't realize how we come across to others. And I, I remember a setting in a particular church I was working, a pretty large church. And it was in my mid to late 30s. And I was just super passionate about everything in my mid to late 30s. And and, and everything was urgent and everything was critical. and Everything had to be done now. And if we didn't do it right now, then... It was going to be awful and everybody was going to lose and the kingdom of God was going to lose, etc. And I had older people around me that just were, they had experience and they really had perspective. And I wish they would have taken me aside as a 30-something and said to me, Hey bro, I love your passion, Mm -hmm. but not everything's as urgent as you think it is. And we're going to be okay. Because in my perspective was, you just don't care about anything anymore. You're just old and dried up. <laughs> Come on. Everybody needs to be like me. And, and so that's one of the mistakes we make in youthfulness. And this just gets into another point. One of the best teachers in our life is failure. But one of the best translators of failures in our life is a mentor. Mm. And a mentor can put his arm around us or for, for our pastor's wives, they could have a, a pastor's wife and you put their arm around us, they could sit across the table from us and they can do a couple things. One is they can remind us that every failure is not final because of the sake of the gospel for, for because of the truth of the gospel and that every failure doesn't determine your future. And we just need to know that failure is a part of life that if we embrace it and learn from it and not run from it, and not excuse it. God can do some really productive things in our life and we'll be more seasoned, we'll be more humble, and we'll be more useful in the hands of God. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good. I think you cannot overestimate the value of having somebody a little further along in the path speaking into you and lovingly calling you out, challenging you, encouraging you, and all of the above i look back on my life honestly bob and feel unbelievably blessed with so many men that god has put in my life to pour into me that i look at who i was at 19 20 21 and i i would really hate to hang out with that guy (laughs)
1: I wish had a time machine that I could go back and hang out with twenty one year old Jimbo for no, maybe a couple of hours. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Can I watch you from afar? Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: It, it would be entertaining, perhaps, <laughs> but annoying. And I just, I'm just so, I'm so grateful that God has put people in my life to do that, to temper me some and mature me some, and make me more patient and understanding and less passionate all the time, mm-hmm. and realizing that sometimes. It's okay to just be chill and and just sit and learn. And for me and my personality, this isn't everybody's personality, learning like silence doesn't need to be filled with my voice. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's okay to just let other people talk Mm -hmm. and finish their thoughts and Mm -hmm. actually listen to them Mm -hmm. and care about what they have to say. Mm -hmm. And that's something I had to learn. That was not naturally within me. I, I had to be taught that and learn to, to do that. Don't, don't beat yourself up when you make mistakes. They're just a tool to help you get sanctified.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right, and there's plenty of sanctification that needs to take place in everybody's life. And what I would say is, this is not a, um, a truth for just when we're young. It's a truth for the rest of our lives. Mm. Uh, because I make mistakes now at fifty-three that I didn't make when I'm, the different mistakes than when I was 35. And if I can have that perspective of not feeling like I have to be perfect, but embracing my weaknesses and learning from those, then I'm gonna be a better, the better person who God's creating me to be. Mm-hmm. And then I, I always need to have somebody in my life who can give me the perspective to lovingly challenge me and care for me and accept me in my imperfections, not accept my imperfections, but accept me in the sense that they remind me that I'm loved by God and that I'm, that my failure is not final.
0: Absolutely. I'll close with this illustration that I first heard from Matt Chandler. He said, think back 10 years ago in your life. And chances are, if you look at yourself 10 years ago, there are some glaring blind spots that you can look back now and go, Man, what an idiot. (laughs) And he said, I've had that conversation with so many people that I believe that it's universally true. Mm -hmm. And and it's not only universally true right now, but the point he was making is it will be universally true in 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so in 10 years, if you asked yourself about yourself now, what were my blind spots and why was I why an idiot, you would have reasons as to why that would be. And so that's just a good reminder that there are, always areas you can grow in and mistakes and mentors will be maybe the best path to get you there awesome thank you for listening to this episode of the replant Bootcamp podcast a resource for replanters by replanters if you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry please help us get the word out by subscribing sharing and